Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. I'm Kim Grinnells of Dogman.com with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund. It's uh, down at the University of Arizona where Washington come from behind victory 21-16 over University of Arizona with an announced attendance of 30,880. And I don't think there was anywhere near that many people here. Pretty quiet crowd, but with the way Arizona's been playing, not really surprised. Weather was pretty mild. It was just a really nice, comfortable day for football down here in the desert. But tale of two halves. The first half, uh, Washington, I think it's fair to say, was really in trouble and struggled quite a bit. Second half, they turned it around. But, Scott, that first half was ugly. Oh, absolutely. You could tell that the team was down. Their body language was terrible. Um, you know, Giles Jackson was a perfect example of that, throwing his arms up several times for different things, whatever it was. Um, Dylan Morris looked like he was battered and bruised, severed a bloody nose on that first drive when he was sacked and uh, just couldn't do anything. I mean, it, they just really couldn't get out of their own way. And it, it was, it, it looked like one of, one of the worst. This was going to, as bad as the Montana loss was, this one could have been worse just from the way that Washington was just getting pummeled by Arizona, but they were resilient and they were able to come back. In that first drive, Dylan Morris took a big hit to the face. He went into the injury tent with a bloody nose. Jimmy Lake said post game that they had a really tough time getting it uh, to stop bleeding. Sam Heward entered the game and uh, really didn't do much except hand the ball off and then had one pass attempt that was uh, thrown out of bounds. But, uh, you know, post game, Jimmy Lake said that the plan was to get Sam some reps and he was only in there when asked if he um, had come close to putting Sam back in. He said no. Uh, he said the plan all along was to get Sam one series and that's it, which seems a little bit odd, but, um, you know, uh, Sam got in there for a little bit and wasn't able to do much, but were you kind of surprised that he didn't come back in as poor as the offense was playing in the second half? Yes. In the first half. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. In the first half, for sure. I mean, you know, I know fans were rejoicing, but you know, I don't know if they should have been rejoicing for that reason. The fact that, Morris had to go into the medical tent for to stop a bloody nose was the only reason Hewer got in. So yeah, it does seem a bit disingenuous when Lake says that he was the, the plan was for him to get a series anyways. That wasn't the way that they had drawn it up. So does that mean he was going to get a series in the first quarter, in the second quarter? Um and and when you go into halftime and you've literally you you have a total of sixty five yards, guys. Sixty five yards You've run the ball 20 times for 30 yards, and you've thrown for 35 yards. You're three of nine on third downs. You had a punt blocked. Your defense has given up 129 yards on the ground in the first half. It, it, it just, 
what 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 did they prepare for the whole the whole week? I know it's a short week, and I know they they were missing some guys, but do you guys think that any of the guys that were missing would have made such a huge difference against a team on a current eighteen game losing streak? I just don't. I'm not. I'm not seeing it. I I think Taimani might have, but I your your point isn't. Uh, invalid, Chris. I don't think missing the, the guys off of the team was what was causing this team to struggle. They're just struggling in general. And just for, just for people, uh, who weren't aware, uh, Jackson Kirkland, left tackle was, um, out, did not see Richard Newton on this trip. Uh, Sam Taimani, the defensive tackle was here. Um, Cam Newton, the safety wasn't here. Cam Williams, um, Cam Williams, Cam Williams. Cam Williams. Cam- Cam Williams, um, Cam Williams Richard wasn't, here. wasn't here. Yeah, who else did I miss? Ulafosio. Eddie Ulafosio, and I'm hearing that could be a long-term thing, so we'll wait and see on that. Um, uh, but, I mean, all of those guys are guys that played significant playing time. One other thing, um, did uh, Victor Kern start and get pulled, or was Mateo Mele over there at the start of the game? I think he got pulled because Kern came in later in the second half and played. They both played in both halves. So, I, I mean, unless you really break it down, I'm not exactly sure what the rhyme or reason is at right tackle right now. I'm not sure, you know, how many snaps they want to get in melee. I'm not sure if it's a thing where Kern might be a little dinged up, so they're they're trying to maybe give him a break here and there. I, it's just hard to know exactly what the plan is at right tackle right now. Troy Fontanu started at left tackle. What did, did you guys notice anything from him? I thought he looked okay at times, but yeah. you could tell that he he's still, you know, he's he's young and hasn't gotten a lot of experience. I mean, his he he gave up a sack on one play, but it was because Morris just held on to the ball and it's and, and you know, he he had Dylan Morris had probably a good 3 to 4 seconds to scan the field, look at first, second, third routes, and then get rid of the ball or, or move or do something. And he just – he was like a deer in the headlights on that one, and he got he got backsided pretty good. Uh, and so that guy was – that Faltani was the guy that was responsible for that. But he had him just fine. And if Dylan gets that ball away in normal time, we're not, you know, not even talking about it. Tell me what you saw, Scott. Is Dylan Moore still locking on to receivers and holding oh, on to the ball too long? Absolutely, absolutely. You, you can see it, it takes him some time to get off of his first read. He'll just stay with it and stay with it and stay with it. And he's not getting to his second and third read or even deciding to just pull the ball down and go. Um, I don't know what it's going to take, uh, whether he figures out how to come off of his receivers quicker or go through his progressions quicker or just – if the coaches need to say, hey, here's your two reads, and if they're not there, go. And um, and I just don't know. Because Dylan, you know, he's not a dual threat guy, but he can hurt you with his legs if you give him some openings. And he just he's just really slow in making those decisions. And um, I'm happy for him that they got to come back tonight and he wasn't the GOAT because he certainly was going to be if they had lost tonight. But, um, you know, Washington – needs more out of the quarterback position. I don't know if it's Dylan Morris or if it's going to be Sam Heward down the road or if it could be Patrick O'Brien. I don't know, but uh, Dylan Morris is not playing well, and he wasn't playing with a lot of confidence. He did play well in the second half. He made some nice reads and some nice throws, but overall, 
still just not enough for Washington to beat. I mean, they barely beat a team that is 0-18 in their last 18 – well, 0-19 in their last 19 games now. And and uh, how are they going to beat Stanford? How are they going to beat Oregon, Arizona State? Uh, heck, even Washington State the rest of the way. I just don't know. But you know what? This is a win. It was ugly. But uh, you got you to gotta build on this. Um, Dylan Morris' struggle in the first half, do you think getting hit? I mean, he got hit pretty hard. He was in the tent for a while. Do you think that had anything to do with his poor performance when he did come back in? Um, I'm sure it had a little bit to do with it, and I think the hangover from the Alex Cook injury, which we'll talk about in a second, uh, definitely had some guys kind of play, playing on their heels a little bit. But overall, I I just think he's playing scared. I don't think he's playing with confidence right now. Yeah, just, uh, you know, touch bases on the Alex Cook injury. I wasn't able to see exactly what happened. Don't know if you guys were able to see on the TV copy, but Jimmy Lake said post game that Alex Cook was on his way back from the hospital. Um, he still has some tests to do, but he will be flying home with the team. So, uh, movement on all of his extremities, but, uh, uh, yeah, I'm not exactly sure what that was. Were you guys able to see anything on that? Yeah, he, he put his head down. Um, instead of what you're normally taught nowadays. And so he kind of got munched a little bit and got a I don't knee know to the side compre- of the head. Yeah, I don't know if it was if it was, you know, he it looked like he also may have gotten his head knocked back a little bit too. So a little different, you know, things going on there, but it was high speed. I mean, it was definitely a collision. Um so yeah, it wasn't uh boy, when he went down initially, you could tell as soon as the hit was made, he, you could tell it just knocked his lights out. Well, was it Carson Bruner that got up and was signaling for the staff to come I out? I don't remember who it was, but yeah, it was, uh, it was a big hit. And, um, I'm glad that Cook looks like he's going to be okay because we know that two years ago, you know, I don't know, not, ne- not a totally dissimilar injury happened to DC. And it, we know how long that took him to recover from that stinger. So hopefully he doesn't have a, hopefully Cook doesn't have a stinger or anything close to it and he can come back and, and get back at, uh, get back at it a little bit. But, you know, those, those types of injuries and especially when you got to bring the card out, man alive, those are, it's just super scary. Yeah, just, uh, want to touch bases on one more thing in the first half, the block punt. Jimmy said, uh, one of the shield guys just, uh, blocked, went after the wrong guy. What'd you see? Uh, I saw whoever got absolutely run free. Yeah. I mean, like he he could sprint to race Porter with just no one around him. Honestly, he he almost looked like he could have taken it off of Porter's foot. Yeah. So. Yeah. Did you see uh, Porter's stats for the end of the game? What he averaged on his punts? Uh, I've got it right here. Uh, looks like he averaged forty three point four with four dropped inside the twenty and three for over fifty yards. I'm showing forty nine point six on my sheet. Okay. Says 40, 43.4 on the, on the stat broadcast. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if they dinged him for the, uh, blocked punt. Well, I think that counts. They would. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seven for 347. Um, yeah. We had eight for 347. Okay. So I don't know. Just <laughs> the block, the block took him down, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know how they work that stat, but, uh, yeah, another big, uh, big game for Ray Sporter. So. I've been kind of giving him a little bit of a hard time. Run, race, run, you know, but 
I don't think there was any circumstances today where there was really an opportunity for him to uh, take off. But um, team seemed really flat in the first half, but uh, came out and scored on their first possession in the second half. Um, you know, they looked uh, – I think that kind of set the tone for the second half, guys. Well, and that drive got off to a real rocky start, too. <laughs> I mean, they uh, – you know, they, they end up with – what was it, third and six or third and seven – and they get lucky on a uh, penalty by Arizona where they jump off sides. They get – and Morris throws it up because he knows he's got a free play and it's picked off. But that that isn't really um, – what what it was was they g- it gave Washington a sh- much shorter chance. So then, you know, they drag uh, Jalen McMillan across the middle and he almost gets stopped for no gain. And but they throw him the ball. He bounces off the linebacker and then goes 29 yards. And that was really, you know, if uh, let Tuli hadn't intercepted the pass later in the game, that would have been my play of the game because that really kind of sparked the offense. It seemed like because two plays later he hits uh, Terrell Bynum for a 28 yard gain, I think it was, and then um, two plays later he finds Bynum for the touchdown, the 16 yard touchdown, and it was kind of off and running then then for the Husky offense at that point. Hey Chris, real quick, tell me about that uh, touchdown reception by Bynum because I was down there and all I could see was two guys with both their hands on the balls. Was it a clear reception or did you know ninth you know possession go to the offense on that one? Well it was underthrown and I don't I couldn't tell if it was necessarily underthrown on purpose because that was kind of one of those where they had gotten um an interference call, you know, at some point in the game again on an underthrow like that. Um so I couldn't tell what exactly what was supposed to happen in terms of the throw. But it certainly looked like Bynum came down with it and then the Arizona defender was able to, to kind of come down to it as well. But he kind of had possession first and then when they fell down, he just, Bynum was on top of him and basically was just holding on to it. And so, I don't know, is that, you know, possession goes well, to the, to the offense? I mean, is it, that, it, it looked look at the pretty front page. simultaneous, but I don't, I think Bynum had it just, Maybe a split second before the Arizona guy was able look, to grab it. Look at it. the front page. Uh, you can see I, I've got a picture of it for the game wrap story, and Terrell Bynum has the ball in his hands as he's falling backwards. Yeah. And then then you can tell the guy comes down. He touches down, and the guy, when they fall, that's when the guy grabs the ball. So. Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, Washington just incredibly struggling running the football. Um, only 38 carries for 88 yards. And on the other side, Arizona with 40 carries for 218 yards, which to me is just baffling because you knew that Arizona would not be throwing the football and they weren't able to stop the run. Well, now two of their, two of their, uh, running plays, um, one was to a receiver and one was on a fly sweep to a running back. But both of those, uh, went for, combined went for 86 yards. Now, that still counts in the running, I get it, but it isn't like they did most of that damage running right up the middle on Washington. Cause if you take away that 86 yards where they got outside and got some space, um, you know, Washington only gave up, what, what is it, 86? Yeah. Uh, Jalen John, Jalen John had 19 carries for 65 yards. His long run was eight and he was basically their running back. Yeah. So they um, held him in check, but it was the, it was the, it was the, very you know, Hill. motion 
those types of things where they really had trouble when they stretched, when Arizona stretched things side to side, that's when they had problems. Chris set up the play with Thule, um, intercepting the ball because it sure looked like, um, Arizona was going to go down the field and score. And there was a lot of tension on the sideline because, uh, they were moving the ball. I can't remember what the score was, but I think that would have put the game. Boy, it just felt like that was going to be a nail in the it was 16 to 7. It was 16 7 at that point. And uh, my guess is, cause Arizona figured Washington would load up against the run. They'd try and get, you know, they, they'd suck him inside and then they'd throw a, a screen pass right over him. And I don't think that was necessarily a bad call, but you know, Thule was the only one there. He, if he doesn't make that play, that play could go for a long ways. But, yeah, because because basically the play before they had had a gain off the left of about eight yards to the Washington forty three, but then you had a then you had a a, a face mask by Alfonso Tupatala who was making his first um, action of the year, yeah. mm-hmm. and um, and then that ended up so they were at the they were at the Washington twenty eight. I mean they were driving, they were driving, and then well and then they just for some reason decide to. Throw a pass <laughs> in this big man pick. I mean, and someone was asking. I think it might be the first big man pick that we've seen since Greg Gaines. But, yeah, it is. You know, I just, I mean, it was, it just, it was literally a bolt out of the blue. It was like, how, where, how did that happen? And then literally, you go from there. You go Kamari Pleasant for eight yards, Pleasant for three yards for first down. Morris goes down the middle, fifty-one yards to Bynum. And then Cameron Davis, who apparently is out of the doghouse now, goes on the left side, scores pretty much untouched until he gets, until he is in the end zone. And now all of a sudden it's 16 14. And it's like, yeah, things can, you know, life comes at you fast, guys. And especially when you're Arizona and you haven't won a game in however many years and, um, you're finding ways to, to, uh, <laughs> to snatch uh, defeat out of the jaws of victory. And I think they did a fantastic job of doing that. Yeah. Uh, like I said, you know, on that drive, the way Arizona was moving the ball, um, I mean, there was a lot of tension on the sidelines, you know, from all the UW people and, you know, losing to Arizona, I think would have been devastating, you know, to, I don't know if the career path of Jimmy Lake is the right phrase, but boy, the hot seat would have really, been turned up a couple of notches if they'd lost to Arizona. But, uh, you know, a lot of people were saying that pick saved Jimmy Lake's job. And, boy, there might be some truth to that. I don't disagree. Yeah. Uh, final touchdown drive, long pass to, uh, you know, Terrell Bynum. I don't know if you saw this on the TV, but I've got it on the photos. He caught the ball, and I don't know what he was thinking, but he put the ball in one hand and was stretching it out. And I was going, hold on to the ball, Terrell. Hold on yeah. to the ball. Did you guys yeah, know? I don't know. That? I don't know who's been teaching him that move, but he needs to keep that one in the locker room because that, that's just, I mean, he's just asking for trouble with that. I, I'm not saying he should have done it, but I think what he was trying to do was stiff arm the guy because he thought he could get him for a touchdown. And, uh, so he held the ball away, but that isn't how you do that. So, well, and if you're going to yeah. hold the ball away like that, guys, Get out of bounds. Jeez. <laughs> if it's over, it's over. You just get I'll out of bounds, guys, man. If you can't I'll tuck it in, get out of bounds. I mean, that's I'll send that's you guys a pick. pick. I'll send you guys a pick where I don't, it, that ball is a little looser at the end than I think a lot of people would be comfortable yeah. with. But, but, uh, then again, you know, going down and scoring that go ahead touchdown, um, 
they get a call. They get a call on third, third and goal. And Morris throws it up to, uh, Otten and he gets held. And Washington gets bailed out and on the next play, he throws a touchdown pass to, uh, to Romo Dunsey. And that's your, that's your winning score. Well, with four minutes to go and Arizona's getting the ball back and they have to score a touchdown. And, um, Boy, they had some boneheaded penalties tonight. I mean, Arizona did. They really had some boneheaded penalties. Yeah, and that that uh, timeout they had to call on that third down play um, <clears throat> that Washington ended up getting anyway. They they uh, they called timeout, and that really hurt them on that last drive by Washington. Yeah, yeah. Just um, like I said, tale of two halves, and hopefully that second half that they had. You know, and winning a game will get some momentum going against Stanford. But boy, that team that we saw in the first half, guys, that was as bad a football as I've seen in a long, long time. Yeah. Well, I, I just don't, I just don't think that this game is going to register much with people. I just think that, you know, if you went to that game, like Kim, you were, when you're leaving that stadium, do you think Washington's a good football team? Do you think they're any different no. against UCLA? No, I think they're going to have a tough time finding two more wins. I really yeah. do. I just, I just think two more. They need three. Yeah, I, I, I at know. this point, guys, I just think that you know they are who they are, and and if you're on the glass half full train, which is good, I hope more people are on it if they can be. You're you're taking this and hoping that the players gain momentum from it. The coaches try to do something, and if and 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 hopefully Lake is is true to his word, and and we'll find ways to get Sam Heward in the game, you know, at least one series, maybe a couple if he can. But, you know, the glass half empty crowd, they're going to look at that win and just go, well, that's just going to give the players and the coaches more excuses. You know, they're going to say winning on the road is hard. Yeah. Winning in the Pac-12 is hard. You you spoke to Jimmy, Kim, so you can tell us yeah. what he was like. I'm sure he gave you all of the good sound bites on how tough it was, how resilient the team was, how it was such a gritty win, how Dylan Morris as, as he wasn't as, like he wasn't you know, like that post game to be honest with you. I thought he was about as honest as you could expect him to, as I've seen him all year post game. Um, he, yeah, he wasn't doing that. So what? So what was he doing? I, I mean, he, you know, he just explained that you know we're missing some guys, but you know we'll hopefully have some more updates on that. He said the UCLA game they got pretty banged up and they were missing some guys and would have more updates on us. Updated us on Terrell Bynum, talked about the Sam Heward situation and Dylan Morris, and you know they've got to find a way to stop uh, stop the run. You know it's just not acceptable the way they're not you know they're not uh, be able to stop the runs. So um, you know coaches are usually going to be overzealous in a win. I didn't think he was over the top at all. I but he was just, I mean, like I said, you know, I've known Jimmy for a long time. That was as close to Jimmy just being who he really is as I've seen in a long, long time. Also, you know, just also remember what, you know, coaches say to us in the media and what they say behind the scenes. A lot of times those are two different things. So, well, I would absolutely agree with that. But the same, but the same thing applies, right? If, he, oh, yeah. if you know, if he's going to say that, he, you know, missing guys was that big a deal, do we honestly believe that he didn't, like, he didn't focus I, on I said that. this at the beginning. You know, uh, Scott said Sam Taimani probably would make a little bit of a difference when trying to stop the run. But when you're missing gaps, when you're just not fitting the run very well, I'm not sure, I'm not sure if it matters that much. I, mean, I don't know. Cam, I don't know. Uh, Asa Turner got abused. I think Cam Williams would have made that tackle. Maybe. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. 
I mean, right. you know, we saw Dominique Hampton play more and more. I think that's important, even though he did get a, a block in the back call, which I thought was going to probably put him back in the doghouse a little bit. But I'm glad to see that he's back yeah. out there and play a little bit. And, you know, I mean, he's from Arizona. That's that's a game that's going to mean something to him. So I'm glad yeah. he was able to play a little bit. Yeah. Guys, I got an early flight in the morning. And uh, just for those of you who are going to be doing any kind of travel, Book your rental cars early, getting rental cars. There's none available in Tucson. Nobody got rental cars down here in Tucson. And just an FYI, um, and, uh, Mike Borel and Larry Stone flew down to Phoenix and missed their connecting flight. Not missed it. They canceled their connecting flight. They couldn't get a connecting flight. So guess how they got down to Tucson? Uber. I saw it on Twitter. They took, it. They took an Uber. So, yeah. Oh, hour out. and a half. Yeah. <laughs> At least two hours. It's two hours. So, but yeah, um, but I got to Uber back to the hotel. But anyways, uh, Scott, wrap it up for us. Uh, just, you know, it wasn't pretty, but guess what? It's still a win. And, um, you know, I, I, Washington is, has, is now what, two and, what are they, two and two or two and three in, in, uh, one score games right now. And this, this team, it's not going to be pretty. It's never going to be easy with this team, but, uh, they're, they're gutting out some wins and they're playing these teams close. Um, gosh, I, I guess my only thing is, uh, to the people on our board who are rooting against the Huskies and it, it is, that's pathetic. It's just pathetic it's to root against it. your team. So it, you know, I get it. You're frustrated, but that is not how it's happened. So anyway, good win. Now they got to go on the road against Stanford where they never play well. And, uh, we'll just have to see how that one happens. And that's another 730 game, Kim. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's another one. But, uh, Chris Fetter's final thoughts. Uh, yeah, again, I just think that this is a, this is a game where, um, you know, I think I had 24 points scored by Washington in my predictions and I was the low man on the pole and they couldn't even make that. Um, this is a game that again will continue to polarize people because the, the people that aren't convinced in Jimmy Lake are going to use this and say, even in a win, that was, that was awful, especially the first half. I mean, what was the game plan going in? What, you know, I mean, good. They made some changes. They did, they took, they finally took advantage of an Arizona team that was there waiting to be taken advantage of and the penalties and everything else. That's a team that is truly, truly awful. And Washington almost lost the game. I mean, they had to come back and score 14 points in the fourth quarter to win it. And that's incredible. And so, you know, there will be the crowd that, that wants to continue to the Jimmy Lake experiment and they want to see what kind of improvements will be made. No problems with that whatsoever. I just think that this, the way this thing is trending, um, it's, I don't know if it's going to end very well. It just doesn't feel like there's a lot of momentum in the coaching department. Now the players, they're resilient. They'll come back. They'll do what they can. And they're a gritty bunch and they've, they won't quit. You know, we've seen it time and time again, but the coaches, I just don't know if they're up to it. I just, I have not seen enough. The first half, whatever the game plan was, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Never, never figured it out. And thankfully in the second half, they were able to put something together to eke out a win. So we'll see next week, but they have, remember guys, they haven't won at Stanford. They haven't won at Palo Alto since 2007. Think about that. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting week because I think, you know, Washington in order to beat Stanford's going to have to show things that they haven't been able to do. And, you know, you compare Stanford to Arizona, 
Stanford's a lot better football team than Arizona. So, you know, and I think you're right, Chris, you know, the team is showing us who they are. We keep on expecting them to be better, but they're just not showing it. So we'll get another shot next week on another night game down at Stanford. Scott's favorite thing is night games, but uh, my favorite's night games on the road. But anyways, <laughs> uh, Jimmy Lake will meet with the media again on Monday. So hopefully we get some updates on some of the injuries. Also, Jimmy asked about uh, preserving Sam's red shirt. And he said not necessarily, so you know, something to keep an eye on as well. So for all of us at dogman.com, I'm Kim Grenolds along with Chris Fetters and Scott Eklund. Go dogs. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.